Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. American needs individuals who not only recognize that righteousness exalted the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Hello and welcome to Oh God, Ramian, the show with the host that's the most. <laughs> this is your host, Brom French. It is great, fantastic, tremendous to be back with you. If you want to reach me, you can reach me at 210-854-8029. Or you can reach me by email at B, the letter B, the letter F, the at sign, bromfrench.com. That is B-R-A-H-M. F-R-E-N-C-H dot com. Please send me a text. Send me a message. I love to feel important, and I love to ignore you. So <laughs> it really is tremendous to be with you. I promised you yesterday that we were going to have on a guest, and we were going to give the commentary for the debate, the Republican debate, and I have delivered yet again. I've got my daughter, Brianna, and uh, before I introduce her, let me say, if you listened to the first debate commentary that she gave, she was the one that said, we don't need to go over there and kill them. Why don't they come here and we'll kill them here? <laughs> which I totally love and which is a great reason why every man and every woman should be armed. Brianna, it's great to have you with us. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Oh dear. Okay. She, I'm good. She's doing good. Oh dear. She acts as though she's concerned. <laughs> so, uh, what was your thoughts on the debate? Was there anybody that stood out to you? Once again, Rand Paul always stands out to me, but Marco Rubio did have a showing at the debate yesterday. Yeah. For last night, rather. He had... He had a good showing, and I think the worst showing last night was probably Jeb Bush. Really? Really? I, I personally thought Kasich didn't do himself any favors. I, well, uh, he didn't do himself any favors, but he, like, I didn't know who Kasich was until watching it, so he didn't, and now I still don't really care who he is, so. <laughs> Uh, I I do agree. I, I don't think Jeb Bush did himself any first. Although I will say, my personal opinion, of course, this is I'm not looking at it as from the perspective of who is going to get elected. So mm -hmm. if you take that aside, I thought uh, that all the Republicans won. Uh, what I mean is that all of them looked more statesmanship, uh, more. Oh, my phone. The phone I'm using is beeping. It means I might lose you which will mean I'll okay. have to call you back somewhere from another line. Anyway, uh, the, the they all were very cordial, kind of like how Ben Carson started it off, saying, I'm not going to be attacking anybody in this debate, mm -hmm. and all of them seemed to honor that. The one And, and coming from that perspective, and not looking at the winner uh, from the debate but the or for the president, but the winner in setting the moderator right... Uh, for me, would probably have been Ted Cruz. You catch mm. that line at the begin towards the beginning of the debate. It might have been one of the first questions I asked Ted Cruz after they had just slammed um, Carson, they just slammed Trump, 
and uh, two or three others. I mean, one one guy they said, "Hey, is this a circus?" And you know, just going out of their way to uh, be rude. And, yeah. Uh, so instead of answering the question, Cruz spent that time telling the moderator, "Hey, uh, you didn't treat the Democrats like that. Stop treating us like this." I thought that was good. interesting. I thought personally, I thought that was good. Yeah. Because you couldn't help but recognize the slant that the media was coming based on their questions. Yeah. So anybody else? Anything else stand out for you? Um, well, for me, I was happy to see that Trump didn't have the best showing either. But it wasn't necessarily for, like, negative. It's just I think he's still recovering from his line from earlier this week. If you didn't hear about that, in an interview, he said, quote, It has not been easy for me. It has not been easy for me. I started off in Brooklyn. My father gave me a small loan of a million dollars. I came into Manhattan, and I had to pay him back, and I had to pay him back with interest. But I came into Manhattan, and I started buying properties, and I did great. Oh, that But if you catch it, there, a small loan of a million dollars. Of course, of course he's going to become president. He's so dang relatable. <laughs> You're right. He did not do himself any favors. I did I mean, not I think, hear that story. I think we all remember that first million that our fathers gave us. <laughs> You're still waiting on yours, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, where, when is that coming, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is tremendous. Honestly, I because all the Republicans, they were all cordial and um, looked more presidential, mm. I personally believe that Trump had the worst night, not because he did poorly in the debate, but I but think... Because it, the only thing he's good at is attacking other people. Right, yeah, yeah. And he was already at the top. Well, no, he wasn't because Carson has passed him up. Yeah, Carson made a leap lately. Yeah, here in the last uh, couple weeks. which he's is a forerunner now. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is... A good thing, you know, because he's cordial. He, he's like the total opposite of Trump. It, it, it's kind of humorous to see the two front runners be so polar opposite from each other. Uh, uh, I found it interesting, you and I talked a little bit before we started the podcast, I found it interesting that they did not ask uh, Rand Paul about marijuana. Mm-hmm. They completely bypassed him, and uh, but they did ask Kasich. Um, because was, they knew, they knew in Colorado he would get, he would get a good showing from that. Yeah, yeah, Colorado would like him, and uh, so would what Washington State or a couple of the other ones. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, anyway, it, it's somewhat interesting. I think Christie did had a fair show. Uh, he did say some things that were really good. There was one thing he said, and I can't remember what it was, but I really liked it. I can't remember what it was now, though. Yeah. I, I don't... He had a really good line. He, he, had, uh, he had a few. He had a couple where he had set the moderator straight, if I remember correctly. And uh, mm-hmm. it reminds me of the last time you and I talked about the debate. I guess it was the second debate. And you had said, it, no matter... You know, I, I hate to say it, but I like what Christy said. Yeah. <laughs> he did that but, a few different times. There were... That was one of the things that, honestly, for me, just impressed me was that almost all of them took a more conservative slant than in the past. Yeah. You know, uh, some of their previous uh, comments and stuff were a little more left of uh, center, or at least left of conservative. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, um, I'm not looking for a thing, president. Sorry. No, that's all right. Go ahead. Megan? Uh, go ahead. You're going to say something. Oh, oh. One thing that I found, uh, I, I don't know, kind of annoying. At first, I was like, oh, yeah, this is inspirational, and then I was a bit annoyed. Chris Christie said, the government has lied to you, and they have stolen from you, as if it's as if this is new information. <laughs> but the American people know good and well that they're being stolen from. I mean, the issue is that the, the people are, um, they put legality before morality. And, so I mean, I appreciate this the sentiment, but I'm kind of tired of politicians calling out the government when they themselves support unconstitutional laws, like Chris Christie in the last debate threatened to call martial law if he became president to arrest all in Colorado who smoke weed. <laughs> I mean, the government may be selling, uh, maybe stealing our money, but why, we would, why would we elect someone just as guilty as stealing our liberty? Oh, wow, wow, wow. So very true. That's a, that's a great sentiment. And as a matter of fact, that's one of the things that I disagree with when you go and you check out freedom for yeah. nations. And uh, some of the top ones, you know, America's number 12 right now for freedom in the world. But they base it, they give two different stats. One is uh, regular liberty and one's business liberty. But you know what? Isn't liberty liberty? Why would yeah. we break it down and say, well, you're free here, but you're not there? Well, if I'm not free there, then I'm not free anywhere. I need yeah. all my liberty. That's, exactly. Uh, it's a shame. Anyway, it looks like we will be able to finish this before uh, before my phone dies. So one, one thing, though, that I loved that Donald Trump said, he claimed that if he were a Secret Service agent, he'd want his code name to be Humble. And I think that that's a great idea, considering no one would ever guess that that is the name that they'd be using to describe Donald Trump. <laughs> I think it's that's a genius awesome. idea. <laughs> that is, that's fantastic. No, it just doesn't fit the persona, does it? No. <laughs> is there anything else that you'd no like to share? Is there anything else that you'd like to share? No, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for joining. <laughs> and the rest of you, hold on just a little bit. And when I come back, we'll go through the Quran and then we'll go through the Bible in a quadrillion years. Hold on just a second. And there it is, the sound of the car crash. The collision, if you will, of Christianity and Islam, or Chrislam. Can Islam relate or live side by side with Christianity? Can it live side by side with Judaism? Can it live side by side with any other religion on the face of the earth? The answer is an unequivocal no. It cannot truly live or abide next to any other religion. Christianity, however, can. Judaism, however, can. Done it for thousands of years. Islam cannot. And we are going through the Quran to see why they believe what they believe. Why is it okay to abuse your women? Why is it okay to cause jihad or what they call holy war while they kill innocent people? And so we are in the cow, that is the second chapter of the Quran, verse number 50, so chapter 2, basically verse number 50. And remember when we separated the sea for you and saved you and drowned Pharaoh, 
uh, Pharaoh's people while you were looking at them when the seawater covered them. And remember when we appointed for Moses 40 nights, in his absence you took the calf for worship, and you were polytheists and wrongdoers. And after that we forgave you so that you might be grateful. And remember when we gave you gave Moses the scripture, the Torah, and the uh, creation of the right and wrong, or uh, citation, so that you may be guided aright. And remember when Moses said to his people, O my people, verily you have wronged yourselves by worshiping the calf. So turn in repentance to your creator and kill yourselves. The innocent kill the wrongdoers among you, so that so uh, that will be better for you with your Lord. Then he accepted your repentance. Truly he is the one who accepts repentance the most merciful. I think that's probably enough. So we're going to go back and we're going to look at this a little uh, closer. Verse 51, uh, let's go back to verse number 50. He says, remember when we separated the sea. It's interesting that it's always we. Is this Allah and Muhammad? I don't know. But it's just interesting. It's always we. You don't see it always we in Scripture. Not in uh, the KJV at least. You will see where the Lord said, let us make man in our own image. But you never even find ever where the Lord refers to himself as we. But in the Quran, it's we. Remember when we separated the sea for you and saved you and drowned Pharaoh's people while you were looking at them when the seawater covered them. So now Islam recognizes the deliverance of Israel out of Egypt. This is one of the reasons they, they recognize this deliverance. And remember when we appointed for Moses 40 nights and in his absence, so when Moses is away, you took the calf for worship and you were polytheists and wrongdoers, etc. And so they recognize the golden calf in the desert, in the wilderness, that the Israelites worship. Now, where did they get that? They got that mindset out of Egypt. And so let's go a little bit further. Then after that, we forgave you so that you might be grateful. So again, you see the we. We forgave you so that you might be grateful. This is not, this whole we thing with God is completely contrary to Christianity and Judaism. Even Trinitarians, in case you don't know, I'm not Trinitarian. I believe that there is only one God. One God was the creator of all. The one God revealed himself in humanity in the man Jesus Christ. The one God is the spirit that regenerates humanity with the infilling of the Holy Ghost. But there's only one. But here we see that it says when we uh, when we gave Moses the scriptures, the Torah, the creation of the right and wrongdoers, and remember when Moses said to his people, my people, verily you have wronged yourselves by worshiping the calf. So now the we of Allah or Allah and Muhammad is remembering and or reminding them that uh, while Israel was in the desert, they worshipped the calf, and they were wrongdoers. And while Moses was away in his absence, they took this calf, they worshipped it. They're polytheists; they were wrongdoers. True. Then after that, we forgave you so that you might be grateful. So we're back to the week. And remember when we gave Moses the scriptures, the Torah the creation, creation, whatever that is, of right and wrong, so that you may be guided aright. So we gave him the Torah, which is the word that you need to live by. And remember when Moses said to his people, O oh my people, verily you have wronged yourselves by worshiping the calf. So turn in repentance to your creator and kill yourselves. Now we have a problem. <laughs> 
<laughs> the scripture never says kill yourself. But it does say, and they try to paraphrase or try to clarify, the innocent kill the wrongdoers among you. I'm sorry, again, I still have to call bullcrap. I got to call it. Because if you go back and you read, you see where Moses sets up and he says, who's on the Lord's side? Come over here. And the Levites go to the Lord's side. The Levites go with Moses. But they, the, the Bible does not say that they were innocent. It never, never. Do you see where the Levites said, we're not going to worship the calf? But the Levites did say, we're on the Lord's side when it became clear that the Lord was displeased with their sin. And so were they innocent? No, they were not. They were not innocent. Kill yourselves. Uh, just ridiculous. The innocent kill the wrongdoers among you. Again, it is twisting scripture and it's putting innocent and guilt where it does not belong. Then he accepted your repentance. Truly, he is the one who accepts repentance, the most merciful. Um, I've got a hard time seeing where this can be the same God that I serve. And remember when you said, oh Moses, we shall never believe in you till we see Allah plainly. This is one verse further than we had gone. So until we see Allah plainly, but you were seized with a thunderbolt lightning while you were looking. Remember when you said, oh Moses, we shall never believe in you till we see Allah plainly. Good luck finding that in the Torah <laughs> because the opportunity came and they refused it. Tell you what, let me uh, take a break. And when I come back, we will go through the Bible in a quadrillion years. Hold on just a second. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. American individuals who not only recognize that righteousness exalted the nation, but sins are approached to any people. And we are back. And we're about to go through the Bible in a quadrillion years. We're in Genesis, Genesis chapter 38, verse number 26 is where we're going to pick up, which is really crazy because I believe we'll be able to finish the chapter today. What an amazing accomplishment. That means our next podcast, we are starting Genesis 39, which is crazy. Genesis chapter 38, verse number 26, the Bible says this, And Judah acknowledged them and said, She hath been more righteous than I, because that I gave her not to Shelah my son. And he knew her again no more. And it came to pass in the time of her travail that, behold, twins were in her womb. It came to pass when she travailed that the one put out his hand, and the midwife took and bound upon his hand a scarlet thread, saying, This came out first. And it came to pass, as he drew back his hand, that, behold, his brother came out. And she said, How hast thou broken forth? This breach be upon thee. Therefore his name was called Ferez. And afterward came out his brother, that had the scarlet thread upon his hand, and his name was called Zerah. So let's back up just a second and uh, get the background again. So Judah has a wife, and he has now got three sons. And the first one's name is Er. Er is wicked before the Lord. He's married, he's got a wife, but he's wicked before the Lord, and so the Lord kills him. Now, Er has passed away, but Judah gives his wife to Er's brother, Onan. And now Onan, 
the Lord has made it clear, and Dad's made it clear, you need to give or raise seed to your brother heir. But Onan decides that, no, I'm not going to do that for my brother's sake, and he spills the seed on the ground. And so now we are where Dad said, well, I've lost two boys to this girl. Am I going to give my last, the only boy I got left? <laughs> and so Dad tells the girl, wait until he grows up. Give me a little time with him. And he never gives the girl or never gives the girl to the boy. And so now uh, Shela is grown up and there is no, uh, no seed. So what does Tamar? Tamar was heir's wife. And Tamar now disguises herself as a prostitute and goes on the street and lures in Judah. Judah goes in and sleeps with her. And she asks, well, what are you going to give me? He says, well, I'll give you a goat. And she says, well, how? what, what good's a goat um, unless I know for sure you're going to give it? Give me something and then bring it back and we'll have an exchange. And so then the day comes where they send the goat back for the exchange and she's nowhere around. Because she played a harlot. The word gets back to him, to Judah, that your daughter-in-law, the widow of two of your boys, is a whore. She's a prostitute. She's sleeping around. And Judah says, bring her to me. We're going to kill her. We'll burn her at the stake. Oh, but she sent this and she says, whoever owns these, this is the father. And what is it? The same things that she asked for that he gave her when he went in unto her. So <laughs> that was one conniving, smart woman. Saved her own skin. Judah acknowledged them, verse 26, and said, she's been more righteous than I because she didn't hide her sin. Like I tried to hide mine. I was the one that went in unto her because I gave her not to Sheila, my son, and he knew her again no more. Well, good for you. And it came to pass in the time of her travail that behold, twins were in her womb. So now we're picking up where we where we left off. Twins are in her womb, so now she's got a couple children that are going to be born. And it comes to pass, now Judah is the father, comes to pass when she travailed that one put out his hand. And the midwife took and bound upon his hand a scarlet thread. It's very interesting that the Bible says it was a scarlet thread, saying this came out first. <clears throat> Why is it interesting? Because it's a scarlet thread. It's a red thread. He's reached out his hand and she put on a red thread saying, this one is first. But then he brings the hand back into the womb. <laughs> it came to pass. He drew back his hand that behold, his brother came out first. And she said, how is it that thou hast broken forth? <laughs> this is too crazy, too cool. That breach, this breach be upon thee. Therefore, his name was called Ferez. Now, this is interesting because it was the color scarlet. The color scarlet signifies some things. The red color scarlet. If you remember, and we haven't gotten there yet, but later on, Israel is going to be saved. Two spies of Israel are going to be saved by Rahab as she lowers down a scarlet cord. There's always been the sim uh, similarity or the type and shadow, if you will, between scarlet thread, scarlet cord, and the blood that Jesus shed. And as the spies were saved, and she was saved by the scarlet cord that hung out the window, Rahab. So there has always been, so are we then saved by that scarlet cord, by the red blood that flowed from Calvary. So we see the similarity that flows, goes all the way back there. Now check this out. 
The boy was born first, or he wasn't born first. He was seen first. He was noticed first. Zerah reaches out, and he's got the scarlet thread on his hand, and he pulls his hand back in. Just as the God of heaven has been there, and he reaches out, and he makes all the world, and then he kind of disappears for a little while. And you wonder, where has he gone? And what happens? And behold, his brother came out. She said, How is it thou, thou hast broken forth? This breach be upon thee. And so now the first one comes out. Just as Adam was the first one. But Adam was imperfect. Adam ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Adam sinned. And so what happened? The one that had reached in and pulled back out, or reached out and pulled back in, if you will, that same one shows up with a scarlet thread and delivers us from the mistake, from the fall of humanity, from the sin that Adam committed. What a crazy, the first Adam fell. The first Adam broke forth. It wasn't supposed to happen. He fell. But the second Adam said, that's all right. I've got a scarlet thread that will deliver you. So let's go back and look at it. He says, It came to pass when she travailed that the one put out his hand, and the midwife took it and bound upon his hand a scarlet thread, saying, This came out first. So she's making the declaration, This was here before the other. Yes, Jesus, no, not in the flesh form. But Jehovah of the Old Testament, in my estimation, it is the same God, was here first from the beginning. He's been seen, he's been known, but he pulls back and humanity wanders in darkness because of the fall of man. And so we see he puts out, she puts the, car, the scarlet thread, he pulls it back out and it comes to pass that she drew back his hand, as he drew back his hand, that behold his brother came out. And so now the first Adam is born. She said, how hast thou broken forth this breach be upon thee? Therefore his name was called Ferez. And afterward came out his brother that had the scarlet thread upon his hand. The first Adam came out and it was full of sin and iniquity, transgression. But the second Adam, the second Adam that was here before he was here, that was out before anybody saw him, that had reached out into the world. The Bible says, by him were all things made and nothing was made that was made without him. And so the God of eternity reaches out and makes all of creation, pulls his hand back, and says the time's going to come. First Adam's coming first, but then I'm going to become the second Adam, and I'm going to offer myself as a sacrifice. That scarlet thread, that scarlet cord, that part that you thought hmm, should have never been, the part that you thought was unredeemable. When I come out with a scarlet thread, Calvary will be the answer for the redemption of humanity. The redemption of all mankind will come through the scarlet thread, through Calvary. That's why it's important we never forget what Calvary really was, because up until that point, animal sacrifices was, was the only way to push sin forward. But at Calvary,
He completely washed us of every sin, every iniquity, every transgression, cleaned us from our past, past mistakes or past failures. When we're buried in his name, that blood, symbolic by the water, washes over us and we are made brand new creatures. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Scarlet thread. An amazing scarlet thread. Thank God. And it's amazing to me as we go through the scriptures, you can't help but see the similarities, the types and shadows that the Lord sets out for us to glean from. And every time you read his word, there's going to be something that you had not seen before. It's going to jump and leap out of the pages into your mind, into your heart. One of the greatest things I ever received was when somebody gave me advice to go and study the book of Proverbs. Still do it to this day. Every day, read a chapter. What's special about it? Nothing, except it's the Word of God. It's amazing the things, the insight that you see in the Word of God. Absolutely beautiful. The scarlet thread that Rahab would use to deliver those two spies would be used to deliver her later on and her whole household. That same scarlet thread, that same scarlet cord would deliver her, the same scarlet would say, this is the boy that was first. And that same scarlet blood. You see, you and I are born out of order. Our flesh was born first. But you and I have that chance to be that second Adam. No, not really. We don't become Jesus. But he does wash us and cleanse us and give us a brand new hope and makes us new. Looks like I'm running out of time. So we will talk to you later.